Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist, here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach and trainer, Michael Lafito. Welcome back to another episode of the Luxury Listing Specialist podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lafito. You're in the right place if you're a team leader, you're a broker owner, you're uh, you run uh, individual team, uh, you're, you yourself and I, but you're looking to be uh, work smarter, not harder. You're looking to differentiate and you're looking to add more tools to your toolbox, so to speak. We have various guests on, a uh, vast array of topics, uh, whether they be uh, service providers, strategic partners, or top rock star luxury agents. In this case, I got a rock star that is all about video. Uh, I'm trying to figure out, Karen, where you and I met, but I have Karen Carr here. She's out of the uh, Georgia area, and she's got a great story. She could tell it better than I can, but uh, I'll let you tell the story on how you moved to an area. Uh, nobody really knew you, and you created videos in your community on your YouTube channel and how your business takes off and, and took off, and now you are teaching these tips and techniques, which we'll talk about various resources and tips today. But without further ado, Karen Carr, tell everybody, well, first off, welcome, and then tell everybody a little bit about uh, your niche and how you came across video. Well, thank you. I'm very excited to be here because I'm a longtime listener of your podcast. I think we were probably both on a virtual summit last year, and then you messaged me, and then we finally got to meet in person in Florida back in August, and we were like, okay, we're doing this. We're doing this podcast, so thank you for having me. Very excited. And yeah, I had been in real estate since 2005, and after moving markets four times in like five years... Every time you move, you have no name recognition, nobody knows you, there's no market share, you're literally starting from scratch in a new area where you have no sphere, so you can't even call your past clients and say, hey, throw me a bone, I need a listing. So when I got to Atlanta, I went from Northern California to Hilton Head, South Carolina, to Atlanta, and then later to Savannah. When I was in Atlanta, I thought, oh, you know, I'm super early to an appointment, what am I going to do? I'm going to make a video just answering a common question, a question that I get all the time. And I'll upload it to my YouTube channel, which right now has nothing but videos of my son learning to crawl and my dog who had like a super long tongue. I mean, random videos that had nothing to do with real estate, but I just threw the videos up there. And then I got interested in blogging and SEO because I understood that when somebody did a Google search, if you could show up on page one, that would be very beneficial, right? So I was learning about SEO what exactly that means, how do you do it. I was writing articles to put on my website and it was working. I was getting phone calls from my website, but then I read a statistic that said, if you put a YouTube video in your blog post, in the article on your website, it was something like 43 times more likely to show up on page one of Google search results, simply because the YouTube video was embedded in it. And of course, Google owns YouTube. So for them to have the written word with a video in it and put them together, 
Google rewards you for that by having you show up at the top of the page rather than at the bottom of page seven. So I started making more videos because I wanted to put them on my website. And the way that my personal website works is they say, go grab the link from YouTube. So I was really using YouTube as just a repository of educational information for clients because I thought it would be easier to just say, you know, I made a video about that once and send them the link rather than have the conversation for the 907th time. And then like parents, also- right? Parents, right? Parents repeating yourself over yeah. and time, over and time, repeating. Right. I mean- We call that evergreen, right? In, in the video world, yeah. we talk, we use the word evergreen. So those of you that are listening, when you create a, a, a general video, maybe Karen is a buyer, instead of saying, hey, Karen, thanks for calling about 123 Elm Street. Maybe you create a, a video, not just on your YouTube channel, but even maybe on your smartphone or through BombBomb or one of these apps where you say, hey, thank you so much for calling about the property. I'd be happy to answer any additional questions. Shoot me an email or a text and let's set up a call. I spoke in general there. That's what we call an evergreen video. So, so continue on. Yeah. So then my husband comes home and says, guess what? I've been transferred yet again. We're going to Savannah and not... Five days after getting there, I got the phone call that literally changed my life. This man said, I found your YouTube channel. I've been watching all of your videos. My wife and I are selling our house in New York to move to Georgia. We feel like we know you already. We are already pre-approved. This is our budget. This is, you know, we've got this many dogs and we need this kind of a house. And basically, you know how when you get a sign call, sometimes it's like pulling teeth, trying yes. to get in for, They don't want to talk to us because they think that we're salespeople. Right. These people called and gave me their entire life story over the phone in our very first conversation because they felt like they already knew me from the videos. So I had that light bulb moment. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, this is what I'm going to do to establish myself in this new market. And after three months of making a video once a week, that's it. I wasn't going live every day. I was just making one pre-recorded video a week. I got a come list me phone call. Then my next phone call was a come list me. Then I started getting buyer leads. Then it started happening with more frequency. In six months, I was getting a good portion of my leads from YouTube. In nine months, I was getting almost all of my leads from YouTube. And in a year, I went to my broker and said, I am running around like a chicken with my head cut off. What do I do? And they said, I think it's time for you to form a team. So I now have a small team. We service cities throughout Georgia and South Carolina. And seriously, the only thing that we do as far as marketing is making videos for our YouTube channel and then putting them on our website. And literally that drives almost all of our business. So, so a couple really big nuggets for those of you that are listening. I have Karen Carr. Um, moved around the country and started to attract come list me's right like, like these are what we're you know list to live right that's what you want listing especially in this hot market or even in, in a, a good warm market come list me's are like slam dunks these sellers felt like they already knew karen okay she it, like the internet leads and the sign calls like karen mentioned earlier right those people are hesitant they they're, they're short they don't talk too much because they don't nobody people love buying but they hate to be sold so in this case karen was the expert she was the leading authority and they were actually reaching out to her so her conversion rate skyrocketed. In many cases, they might not have talked to any other agents or they did. And then they were, they felt like she was the one and they hired her. So that's the number one thing I want 
to remind people the power of video is it builds trust, trust, and your conversion will skyrocket when people trust you. It, it really is so different from anything else I've ever tried. I mean, I've been in real estate for 16 years at this point. And yeah, there is no comparison with any other type of internet lead where you're competing against other agents and they're just looking for whoever is going to do it at a reduced commission or give right. you a kickback. You know, they, they wouldn't work with you if they didn't have to. They, they think that we're all interchangeable. They don't see our value because they think that we're just one of a million that all do the same thing. But when they watch your YouTube videos and they get to know you and your personality and they say, you know, I like this person. She seems competent, but I also think that she'd be fun to hang around with. And when they call you and you ask, are you interviewing anybody else? Nine times out of 10, the answer is no. So, they've already so, picked you. so Karen, uh, I want to step back a little bit. Tell me about your background. Tell me about what led you your big aha to do video do you have video in your background did you were you in theater were you in show choir were you used to getting in front of big audiences are, are you a total ultra you know an extrovert right talked because i'm i'm asking these questions for the skeptical listener that maybe isn't watching this facebook live they're just listening to the podcast and, you know, they're like, well, that's easy for Karen because she probably was blank. Tell us a little bit right. about your background. I was in the jazz show choir in high school. Yes. At one time, I had aspirations of being a professional singer. I realized that I'm not really that good, but I wanted to do it. And I did have a lot of experience on stage. So I'm not going to lie. I mean, I majored in operatic vocal performance in college and I did a million operas where I was up on stage in front of a lot of people. Does that mean that I knew anything about a camera or a microphone? No, I did not. So or editing, part, right? Yeah, that's all completely self-taught and um, I started with my phone and then I went to my iPad. And the only reason I used my iPad was because the screen was bigger and I could see it from across the room a little bit easier. Right, I did right. not start out with lots of fancy equipment. I mean, this microphone is a perfect example. This is a probably a $200 microphone. I'm not really sure how much it was. For my anniversary last year, my husband said, oh. so it's in the middle of COVID. We can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. What do you want for your anniversary? And I was like, I really like a nice microphone because I'm oh, doing a lot of podcasts and live streaming. So when we moved to our new house, this room is just the spare bedroom over the garage and it was beige. It was pretty much the same color as my skin tone. So when I would stand in this room against the beige walls, it looked awful. And I just went to YouTube and I was watching other channels. And anytime I was like, wow, their set looks really good. I took a screenshot of it and I noticed that they all had very dark backgrounds. So after we moved into the house, I painted the walls navy blue. And then I just put a couple of fun little lights back there that shine on the wall and make it yeah. look really good. But seriously, that this is just paint and two lights that were like $30 to make it look good in the background. It's not complicated once you... Once you decide that this is the, the road you want to go down, I, I've really invested very little in my equipment. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm at my home office. I was going to be doing this from the office. When I do my educational videos, my vlog, uh, I have a eight by eight backdrop that's got, you know, my, my logo and you might have a website, you might have your brand, you might have your, your Remax or whoever you're with in the background. Uh, that 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 would 
you know, just do be consistent with your videos. But would you recommend for those that are you know, really uh, serious about this and they want to be consistent by putting content out there consistently? Don't get me wrong. There's going to be some content that naturally should be done at a property, at a home inspection, at a unique home. We're talking about luxury here. Uh, many times I'll, I'll create content videos if my stager's at the home or we're doing a lifestyle video. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of a, a hands-on video where we're on the set somewhere else off-site. But, but when I'm talking about consistent videos like you're doing, in this case, in the room above your garage, um, do you recommend uh, for those agents, those brokers, those team leaders, they invest in a backdrop or they they shoot the videos in, in, in maybe the same setting so there's some consistency? I like the idea of having consistency. Uh, I, I really just say, turn on the camera and then see what's behind you. Is it very cluttered? Is it messy? Is there a bookshelf with like, books just bursting out of the bookshelf. The bookshelf might be a great idea, but we don't want it to look, you know, messy and cluttered and, and you look disorganized as a result. So just be mindful of what's behind you. If the walls are just plain white and there's nothing on the wall behind you, maybe you put a plant next to you and you hang a, a photo or you put your logo on the wall behind you, something, you know, subtle, not like big flashing neon light with the name of your company. We don't want to make it too much of a commercial, sure. but something that looks attractive on camera. And then, and it doesn't, I mean, I know people that film in a corner of their dining room because that's really the only space that they have. There's very little that shows on camera. I mean, there's, there's just not that much right. stuff behind me. Right. So I figured a couch, a bookcase with a couple of things on it, and that's really all you need. Hi, it's Michael Lafito here with a quick break from the podcast. If you are committed to increasing your average sale price and you want to work smarter, not harder, then you want to check out LuxuryListingSpecials.com where you'll find out more information about the Lux designation along with some additional resources. Again, I'll repeat, check out LuxuryListingSpecials.com. And now let's get back to the show. So you got a YouTube channel. Um, mm -hmm. That's number one. You created a YouTube channel. All you need is a Gmail email address and, and yes. a legitimate email address. You created a YouTube channel. Uh, for those of you are watching, you can have a custom header made. There's You can go to Fiverr.com or go to Canva. There's Canva free accounts where you can create a, a headers on your, on your YouTube channel. So you look a little bit more branded and, and professional. Uh, talk to me about topics. Some, sometimes people think, man, four videos, one a month, or excuse me, one a week times four weeks in a month, 48 in a year, or 52 weeks in a year, 52 videos or 48 videos a year. How the heck do you create content? What topics? Talk to me about how, how, do, how do you figure out what would be an interest, interesting topic, Karen? Well, when I got to Savannah, I, my husband is retired military and I really enjoy working with military. So I'm not really a luxury specialist, but I decided that the focus of my channel would be people in the military who were being transferred to Savannah to be stationed at Hunter Army Airfield. So I was going to be making videos to attract that specific demographic, which means videos about VA loans and about the funding fee and you know, a lot of them are first time buyers. So when does the earnest money get cashed and things like that? I did videos about like 
I have a client that's moving here from South Korea. They've never been to Georgia before. They don't know anything about it. They don't know what it's like, where to live. So we did videos on where should you live when you get here? If you wanted to have a commute of less than half an hour, where would some good suburbs be? And then let's highlight some of the communities in the suburb. Let's show the neighborhoods and what the average price point is and what you get for the money. So I think if you have a very specific target audience for your channel, no matter what your target audience is, and just remember that everything you upload to the channel has to be relevant to that person. So if you're targeting luxury sellers, you're probably not gonna make videos about what is earnest money because they probably already know that. And so just be mindful of who am I trying to reach? What are the questions that they have? What are the obstacles that they have? And how can I not only help them, but make their life easier, but then have them see me as a trusted advisor? And it's actually easier to come up with content ideas than you would think. I mean, I can sit down and just brainstorm. And then after you've been doing videos for a while, you can go to your channel and look at your analytics and it flat out tells you what your most popular videos are. You go make more like that. Yeah. Great points. I mean, you talked about community. You talked about commonly asked questions, uh, the pain points, what keeps a buyer awake at night that's looking to move to your area. Maybe they don't know anything about there. So these are all some really, uh, really good points. Um, how do you how do you how do you boost your videos? How do you you know before COVID, I read a stat that the average YouTube video had 400 views on average. 400 views. I'm sure it's gone up when people were streaming and and they were bored being at home and shelter in place. But so maybe those numbers have gone up. But how how what can you do to increase your likelihood that you'll get more views uh, than a similar topic of some other agent in your area? The most important thing to remember is that YouTube is more search engine than social media. So when people go to YouTube, they go there for one reason only, it's to watch videos. They are coming there with the intent to sit and watch videos. So your video has to be interesting. You have to give it a good title and it has to have a good visual uh, image, which is called a thumbnail. So I'm on YouTube and I'm scrolling through the newsfeed and your video shows up it has to hook me in with this really intriguing title and thumbnail in order for me to even watch it. It does not start to autoplay like a video in your Facebook newsfeed. You have to click on it and then watch it. So the number one thing to remember is the title and the thumbnail. Like their only job is to get these people to click on the video. Then your video has to be interesting. If you want to do a market update and talk about how insane the market is right now and multiple offers and prices are going through the roof and everything. You can't really just sit and do or rattle off statistics. I, I don't think people find that all that interesting. Like what is the market absorption rate? They don't know what that means. The average consumer does not know our lingo. So try to make it interesting so that they'll want to keep watching because the whole way that the YouTube algorithm works is if somebody watches your video, they're looking at how long do they stick around and watch it. So let's say that your video is five minutes long, but they leave after the first 45 seconds because you were too boring or you made it too much like a commercial and they leave. They're probably not gonna get shown a lot more of your videos in the future. But they click on the video, they watch it for two and a half, three minutes, all the way to the very end. 
And then they watch another one from you because they thought you were great. The YouTube algorithm says, okay, so Michael really likes this video. Not only did he watch it till the end, he clicked on another one. The next time he comes to YouTube, we're going to show him more of your videos because he's already shown an interest. So it really behooves you to try to get them to watch as long as possible and then to watch something else. And the longer they stay on your channel watching your videos, the more likely they're just going to see more of your videos to the point where they start to think that you're the only agent in town because every time they go to YouTube, all they see is your videos. That, that, those are those are some great points. Uh, again, we're on with Karen Carr, licensed real estate agent in uh, Georgia, and she's got a team in South Carolina as well. And uh, she established herself as a leading authority through video. Again, if you're getting value from this podcast, please leave us a like, leave us a review on Stitcher, on iTunes, uh, on uh, wherever you're listening from, please. Uh, She's not paid. I'm not paid. We're trying to raise (laughs) the bar in the industry. And the best way we can uh, get a thank you from you is a a five-star, a like, and a review. Again, if you have any questions for me that you want me to forward on to Karen, you can shoot me an email, michael at marketingluxurygroup.com, michael at marketingluxurygroup. And uh, we have some other questions and and we'll have Karen share her information here shortly. I have some other questions I want to get through. Uh, These next couple questions are more rapid fire, Karen, just due to the fact of timing. So length. Give me uh, your thoughts on length of a video. Do you switch it up? Should one be, you know, shorter, 30-second, one-minute video, and one be three, one be five, or are you consistent? What are your thoughts on length of videos on your YouTube channel specifically? Longer is better on YouTube. So I try not to even upload any videos that are shorter than five minutes because remember the algorithm wants you to stay on the platform as long as possible. So if they only watch 50% of a 10 minute long video, that's longer on the platform than 100% of a two minute long video. So I, I try to make mine longer if at all possible, but don't make it longer just for the sake of making it longer. Don't stretch it out and ramble and you're repeating yourself. Just Make it if, it, if it makes sense to make it longer, let it be longer. So again, uh, Karen is huge on YouTube. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's uh, LinkedIn's got a video component. But t- while we're talking about that, talk to me about, you know, you mentioned briefly, right? Google's the number one search engine, YouTube's number two. Is that the main reason why you are pro YouTube more so than the other platforms? Yes, 100%. Because think about it. When people are looking for real estate information, they don't necessarily go to Instagram or Facebook. And if they're there because they just want it to be entertained, they want to connect with their family, and then your video shows up in their newsfeed, I feel like you were kind of interrupting what they were there to do, especially if that video is way too salesy. And I don't understand what it is with our industry, but we just seem to inherently think that the video has to be, hello, I am the most amazing realtor in the area. Here's my phone number. Here's my website. Here's my logo. Can we all take a moment to appreciate how fabulous I am? And it doesn't work on YouTube at all. They, they were there. They're looking for information, but they're not, they don't want to be sold. Just like you said, we love to buy, but we don't want to be sold. So instead you want to be give, 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 giving all of this great information and not really asking a lot in return. Yes. You tell them how they can reach you, how they can contact you, but it's not the primary focus of the video is to make it a commercial all about you and your greatness. So I really like YouTube because 
100% of the people that watch your video were interested in the topic. You cannot say that about Facebook. Facebook right. will automatically start to play the video. And this is my greatest analogy. You're on your phone scrolling, the video starts to play, and then your spouse goes, where did you put my shoes? Well, they're, they're in the laundry room where they always are. Yes, they're in the laundry room. Yes, I swear they're in the, okay, yes. And then they come back and they keep scrolling. But because you paused on that video for three seconds or longer, Facebook counts that as a view. They did not watch that video. They did absolutely not watch that video. But on YouTube, they don't count it as a view until they stay for at least 30 seconds. And they had to click on the video in order to even see it. So we know nobody's going to watch a video about how to go fly fishing in Bermuda if they're not interested in fly fishing right. in Bermuda, right? And the same goes with our real estate videos. So if they clicked on it, they had an intent. They were interested. They're interested in the real estate market. Hopefully they are in your area or interested in doing business in your area. And the more they see of you, the more FaceTime you get with them, the more that you come across as people like them, right? Because people do business with people they know, like, and trust. Eventually right. when it's time for them to pull the trigger, you are the person that they call. That's great, great advice. So um, I, we started to talk about more clicks, excuse me, more views. So do you do any boosting? Do you any do paid? I do boosting not. Of your I don't do any paid ads on, on YouTube. We've got about 12,000 uh, subscribers at this point. And I think my best performing video has maybe 45, 50,000 views, which is great, but that's also over several years. So it's sure. not like you need a viral video. You absolutely do not. We have videos that have couple hundred views, 600 views, and we get business from them all the time. Because remember, 100% of the people were interested in the topic. So you don't need, you just don't need. It's a higher quality viewership. Exactly. The intent behind the person, behind that view is so much better than somebody who is just mindlessly scrolling on Facebook. And they clicked on it because it was amusing, but they don't they don't live in Chicago and they don't plan to sell their luxury home in Chicago. So right. it's not really relevant to them. And, and how are you leveraging these videos? So in other words, besides putting it on your YouTube channel, uh, are you leveraging it elsewhere? Are you taking that link you mentioned earlier, putting it on your website, putting it on social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, I'm probably missing something. Well, you, you create this great video. You think it was on a topic that you think is really important are you doing anything besides putting it on your YouTube channel? We also put it on our website. We will email it to our whole database if it's relevant to the person on the list. Obviously, we try to segment and send it to the people so that it's relevant to them and they don't unsubscribe. I used to share the link directly on social media, and that was a big flop because if you put the YouTube link on Facebook, Facebook doesn't want them to leave Facebook. So they kind of suppress that post and it gets very, very little reach. Then I tried making a, I called it a teaser video. Let's take like a 30 second segment and upload that natively to Facebook. And then say, if you want to see the whole video, go over to my YouTube channel. But when I looked at my analytics, it was like less than 1% of the traffic was coming from Facebook. So in the end, I just decided it's not, if it's not worth it to me, if I don't get more views from it, then I'm not going to do it because I'm just wasting my time and yeah. who wants to waste time. Sure. So really we just concentrate on 
making the video as good as we can possibly make it and put it on YouTube. If we feel like it's a really, really great video that other people would love to, I upload it natively to Facebook and Instagram. I don't share the link from YouTube. Yeah, very good. Uh, what about closed caption? You, you use closed caption at all? Is that something you can do or that's just the individual viewership can choose? It happens automatically when you upload your video which is brilliant. So the YouTube algorithm has this little artificial bot behind whatever we want to call it. And they transcribe the video and they make captions for you. Now they are completely misspelled half the time. There's no punctuation. You right. do want to go in and try to clean it up. So it doesn't sound like a, you know, second grader wrote it, but it does it for you automatically. Okay. But the person watching the video has to turn it on. So if they are watching the video, they have to say, I would like to see the captions, please. Okay. So I don't bake the captions into the video because I find, have you ever noticed this? If you're watching a video and it has the captions, even when it's in English, you read it anyway. So you're like reading along going, why am I reading this? I know what right. he's saying. He's speaking very clearly. I absolutely know what he is saying, but I read the captions anyway. I find it distracting. So yeah. I don't personally put them on all of the videos. However, if I were going to upload it to Facebook, 100% it would have the captions on it. But on YouTube, they went there to watch the video, so they typically have the sound on. Great, okay, good. Uh, tagging, tag the videos, uh, relevant points within the video, certain towns, certain communities. If you're doing a property video, are you tagging, you know, Sub-Zero, tagging Bosch, tagging uh, things that are show, showcased in the property video? And I know we're not talking property video, but we're talking, in this case, you're, you're showcasing a town, uh, mm -hmm. commonly asked questions. Uh, do, do you do much with tagging or not really? Well, YouTube has told us that tags really are not all that relevant anymore for discoverability. So if I tag, uh, let's see, not, not Bosch or something like that, but if I tagged the name of the town that I live in, for example, YouTube says that really doesn't help you get discovered more. They use it mostly for misspelling your name. So my name is misspelled every day of my life because Karen is K-A-R-I-N. So I always tag it with K-A-R-E-N. Please, no Karen jokes. I'm sure you get your name misspelled all the time too. Yeah. So it's helpful for that. I do the tags anyway, because I just feel like I don't want to upload a video with zero tags. I do them anyway, but I don't know how much they really help. What helps is doing keyword research first. So because I started with this whole SEO thing, I will go to Google and I'll type in, oh, let's see, um, things to know about Savannah. And as you start to type that in on the Google search bar, you know how it auto fills yeah. 10 different possibilities. Look and see what people are Googling. And any one of those would probably make a great video topic. Great, so if you make idea. a video on that topic, we already know that people are searching for that because the, the way that that uh, auto suggests, I think that's people that have searched that in the last 30 days, if I'm not okay. mistaken on Google. So we already know that people are searching that topic right. and then put that in your title, put that in the description, say it in the video, put that in a tag. Like that seems to really help for discoverability. Okay, that's good. Um, you do anything with, uh, with YouTube Live? Is that helped you at all? Are you doing, and if so, what are you doing with YouTube Live? 
So I have two channels. One is for agents and one is for consumers. It has helped me enormously on the agents channel because we're kind of creating a sense of community when we do a live. We've only done four or five on our Georgia Coast Homes channel and they were kind of market updates. So the agent in Augusta and the agent in Savannah and the agent in uh, South Carolina, they were all saying, what is your market doing and how has COVID affected prices and all that kind of stuff. And we didn't have a huge audience. I think we maybe had 25 people on live with us, but it was still valuable. Sure. We, we don't, we should probably make it a regular part of our content calendar I'm going to be perfectly transparent here. We typically do it when we are pressed for time. And it's like, I don't have time to film and edit a video by Friday. Let's just go live. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> because hey, it's that's so okay. much easier. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. That's a great tip in itself. Uh, last couple. And then I want to make sure we get your information. So if anybody wants to reach out to you, because you do have uh, the products you have, you've created a product, which I want to talk to you about for agents that want to, and do better, just like we created our designation for agents that are really dedicated to increasing their average sale price. Uh, you have done something similar, which I commend you on. Uh, talk to me about resources, any resources that you provide on your website if people want a checklist or you know, hey, what, what equipment to have, or you know, is there anything that Karen Carr has created uh, that uh, agents could uh, go to a website and download or anything like that? Yeah, sure. I've got a ton of things on my website. It's youtube4agents.com. So youtube4agents.com. I have, like, I get a lot of questions about the equipment that I use. So I made a gear checklist. This is the bare minimum that you need. If you want to spend a little more money, here's something fancier. You can download the gear checklist. I have a YouTube, like a getting started kit. It's called the video agent blueprint, which is basically just my process from start to finish because people think it really takes a long time to do this, to make one video a week, but I delegate as much as I can. So truthfully, I am the on-camera talent and that's it. I come up with the idea. I record the video. I send it off to someone else to edit. He uploads it to the channel. He makes a thumbnail and uploads that to the channel. I just go in and make sure that the description was accurate and then we publish it. So, I mean, I probably spent an hour and a half a week making YouTube videos that will bring us business for years to come. I get leads every day from videos I made in 2017. So it's a really, really effective use of your time. Another great resource is TubeBuddy, T-U-B-E Buddy. And it's a plugin to your YouTube channel that just helps you manage it and better analytics and saving you time, um, things that you can do. Like I recently changed my brokerage. So I had 300 videos on my channel that all said the name of the old brokerage. I was able to do a bulk edit and say, everywhere that it said brokerage A, replace it with brokerage B. And it changed every single video in about five minutes. But if I had had to do that by hand, it literally would have taken me three days of just slogging through. Well, I was, I was actually going to ask you that because I know that yeah. you had switched and I was going to say, do you leave old videos online that maybe from an old brokerage or maybe you didn't like the way you looked or it wasn't that great, but do you keep old stuff out there? Or would that, I do. Would that help? I do. 
And then I just, in the description box below the video, it says all of the current brokerage information and my license number and how to reach us. Yeah. yeah, you know, some of my oldest videos are just truly atrocious and I leave them up there because the clients go, I watched your old video. Oh my gosh, you're so much better than you used to be. And I'm not offended by that. I take sure. that as a compliment. Sure, that's great. Um, well, we're going to wrap this up here. What's the best way somebody can get a hold of Karen Carr? They want to hear about you. Should they go to youtubeforagents.com? Yeah, that's a great one. My YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Karen Carr. I give lots and lots of tips on making videos and how to use YouTube truly as a lead generation strategy, not just for branding and not just for selling a specific house. It's great for that too, but you can get so many clients who are not just looking at one, two, three main street. They were calling because they wanted to work with you specifically from your channel. Yeah. It's been the best source of lead gen that I've ever done the whole time I've been in real estate. That's great. Well, uh, and, and is and YouTube for agents, is it for spelled out? F -O -R -R -R, yes, sir. Yeah. YouTube for agents.com. Karen Carr. Karen, thank you so much. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Michael. You're absolutely welcome. And uh, what a cool backdrop. So again, agents, brokers, team leaders, be consistent, whatever you do. Okay. We all might not like the way you, you, you sound or the way you look. I know I've struggled with that with my, my voice early on. Just be out there, do it consistently. Karen recommends once a week, even if you do tw twice a month, okay. Twice a month times 12 months in a year, there'll be 24 videos or 48 if you do weekly. Your competition isn't doing it, but video's not going away. It's not a bandwagon thing. It's here to stay. So get on video. Again, my name is Michael Lafito. I'm the founder of the Lux designation, luxury listing specialist. You guys have been a great audience. If you are getting value from this episode or previous episodes, go back. We've had some great episodes. Karen talked about previous videos. We've been doing these for a long, long time. We've got some great topics, still relative. Please leave us a like, leave us a re review. And if you want to nominate somebody that would be a great guest or a topic that you want us to cover, shoot me an email, michael at marketingluxurygroup.com, michael at marketingluxurygroup.com. Keep raising the bar in real estate and remember to go make somebody's day. Thanks again, everybody.